This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everybody. How are you guys doing? This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for joining me today at Off the Bench. Today is Friday, October 23rd. And today I'm going to give you a little shot in the arm from the word of God. And we're going to talk directly to the reluctant warrior. I know some of you are having a hard time getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. If that's you, stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Thanks for joining me today. You guys, today's the day. Today, I will be at Calvary Chapel in Downey, California. It's about an hour away from where I was last time at Chino Hills at Pastor Jack's church. I hope you guys will come on out. I'll be there tonight and tomorrow. And you can find out more information about that event and how to register for it at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. We brought swag with us this time. We've got the brand new shirts for my women's study on the book of Revelation. People get ready. People get ready. And uh, by the way, that's these shirts are uh, unisex. And so they even look great on your men. So they're awesome. The front of them says people get ready. And the back says, and the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. You guys, the reason why I am so committed to teaching you and going through the book of Revelation for the next several months here is because God doesn't want us to be uninformed about what's happening around us. He wants us to be informed. And he gave us his word so that we could know his heart. We could know where we came from. We can know where we're going and we know what to expect. And so I hope you guys will join us. If you haven't already started that study with me, it's not too late to do it. You can jump in anytime at momstronginternational.com. The brand new studies always drop on the first Monday of the month. And so we're working our way through that. The brand new study for November is not up yet. Uh, This is a great time to join me. So check it out, momstronginternational.com. All right, today I wanted to just focus for a moment uh, on the reluctant warrior. There's a lot going on, you guys. We are literally just, what, a week and a half out now from what probably is going to be the most consequential uh, election of our lifetime. I spent uh, last week, I had uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs on the show with me, and then I spent three days talking to my friend Rick Green from the Patriot Academy. And I hope you guys are getting a feel for what a big mistake we have made in the church now for generations by telling, uh, by pastors telling their congregations and parents telling their children that some re- for some reason, we are supposed to be disengaged from the culture and disengage from politics. You know, I heard a quote one time that said, you know, he was of so he was so heavenly minded, he was of no earthly good. And uh it's important for us to be heavenly minded, but we also know we got to live here, right? Uh Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 6 that we don't we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, right? But against evil rulers and authorities of what? Of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world against evil spirits in heavenly places. And if ever there was a time for us to notice that there are evil powers at work right now, evil spirits, now is the chance. 
Now is now is the opportunity. I watched, as I know a lot of you did, uh, Judge Amy, and I started do I started using the hashtag Go Amy Go, uh, because I'm watching her, you know, uh, basically interview for the position of a justice for the Supreme Court of the United States, and what was so telling to me was that the Democrats, their entire focus was not if she was qualified. Not if she had led a good life, not if she was a fair judge, not if she knew the Constitution, not if she understands the history of our country, but would she defend a woman's right, a so-called right, to end the life of her unborn child? And in many cases, we're ending the life of that child in the most brutal, egregious, gruesome way possible. Many of the senators that you heard, uh, including uh, Kamala Harris, who is running right now for vice president of the United States, that woman is a nightmare. She is a moral, spiritual nightmare. And she spent most of her time, the majority of her time, defending a woman's right to an abortion. And this was a woman who voted for partial birth abortion. Just look it up. And I notice that a lot of us in the culture right now are living in this sort of state of reactive Christianity, right? So when we're not expecting a crisis in our lives, I think it's easy to forget about the war that Paul warned us about in Ephesians 6. And that's how it's been in the United States. And certainly I would argue uh, in Western culture and around the world, this is absolutely true in Europe. We've been feeling safe and comfortable. We got our comfortable Christianity, right? Uh, I heard last week that Pastor Rick Warren from Saddleback Church in California is not planning on opening his church until Easter of 2021. What in the world is going on? What in the world is going on? Uh, Paul said, listen, you guys, we're not fighting against a flesh and blood enemy, but against evil rules and authorities of the unseen world. And in our comfortable Christianity, we have become complacent. And we're not thinking about the war that's raging all around us. And listen, there was a time in my life when I paid little attention to the spiritual side of mothering. And I was choosing instead to focus my energy on meeting the physical demands of our family. And I know some of you are in that right now. Some of you are like, you know what, Heidi, I just can't get off the bench and onto the battlefield. I can't do it. I've got kids at home. It seems stressful. And like you guys, I understand that. I was living back then a comfortable Christianity like most of my friends from church. Not too hot, not too cold, just right for the culture. I'd sort of this adopted this mentality of live and let live. I didn't understand all this talk about a war that I kept hearing about in Sunday school. Surely that was overdone, right? Surely it's not that big of a deal. I mean, Paul was just probably trying to uh, get the church of Ephesus out of their place of uh, moral bankruptcy. And so he was like, hey guys, listen, this is not a flesh and blood thing we're doing. No, he was like, you guys, wake up. And I think for for years, the church has been engaged in what I would call obligatory Christianity. So we have our obligatory daily devotions. We check it off, you know, this, this thing, these devotions that we're doing on our list of to-do things, like we would check off laundry and vacuuming and, and, and go to work. It's part of the reason why I'm in uh, Downey right now. And I know I've recorded this podcast in advance because I can't record them when I'm uh, traveling in the bus with our family. 
And so for all I know, by the time you guys hear this podcast, there's been some other major news story drop. For all I know, uh, you know, the world's on fire again and I'm missing it, but it doesn't change the reality of the spiritual war that we're in. And I think so often we make sure that our kids go to church. Well, when the pastors will open their churches, for goodness sake. And I try to keep my kids away from anything obviously wrong. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes because I'm going to answer some questions from listeners. I made sure they weren't participating in, you know, voodoo or, or owned a Ouija board. And I basically felt secure uh, in my culturally correct Christianity. I didn't take the Bible's repeated warnings about the need to be spiritually prepared very seriously because I didn't want to see the battle, much less engage in it. And I think a lot of you are in that place right now. You're hearing about comprehensive sex education in the schools. And I'm saying, pull your kids out of school. At what point, you guys, the Titanic is sinking. At what point do we abandon ship? The barn is on fire. At what point do we take the horses out? And I think we don't want to see the battle, much less engage in it. And I think, honestly, you guys, today, most of us Christians don't get onto the battlefield until the war is out of control and someone calls for reinforcements or until we actually feel the singe of the heat that the that the adversary is generating, until it actually impacts us personally, we got to do better than that. I think we've been startled to attention recently, like we have been in the past, right, when there's a school shooting or a national tragedy. And when that happens, boy, howdy, we hurry up and get our prayer on, don't we? We show up to candlelight vigils. We pray fervently around the dinner tables. But when the crisis dies down, we hang up our helmets and go back to the status quo. You guys, I'm here to tell you, we live on a battlefield and we need to stay engaged in the fight. This is one of the things I love about uh, people like uh, Phil Hopper and Rick Green and Pastor Jack Hibbs. These are men who God has given incredible platform to, who are actually stewarding those platforms in a way that reminds their people that we can't just sit, we can't still sit still right now and just study the Bible as if everything is uh, normal around us. You know, let's talk about what it means to be kind. I mean, I'm not saying those are bad things, but can we just please, pastors, can we please talk about what's happening in America right now because of our Christians and their unwillingness to get off the bench and onto the battlefield? Can we please talk about that? It's easy to put off confronting the enemy until we feel like we've got no choice. But I'm telling you what, you guys, our kids need us to engage consistently with the holy intention of doing battle in the spiritual realms. Don't wait for a crisis uh, to get onto the battlefield. Because this pattern of uh, crisis equals prayer puts us on the defensive and it leaves us unprepared for battle. So it's time, time to get off the bench and time to get onto the battlefield. Let's go on the spiritual offense for the sake of our children and for the next generation. You guys, if God is for us, who, who can be against us? And I never imagined that the battle could be this intense. And But the Lord knows. And sometimes I can fool myself into thinking that there isn't a fight raging all around me. And so, Father, right now I just ask you, would you open the eyes of our hearts so that we can discern truth from fiction in this crazy upside down world? Would you help us to teach our children 
that because the enemy of their souls is real, the war is real too. Would you help us be examples to those who look for us for guidance and protection? Lord, help us to show them that you are the one true source of guidance and protection. Father, we're lazy. But then you already know that. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us not just to come to you when the fighting is the fiercest. Because we need to be prepared for battle. And Lord, we confess that sometimes we struggle to put our helmets on and engage in the world around us. And Lord, we need your wisdom and courage to stay in the fight. It's so tempting, Lord. We're tired. We're tired of the Rona. We're tired of the election. We're tired of the contentiousness. We're tired of fighting for our freedoms and our liberties. And honestly, it just feels safer to sit on the sidelines. Father, don't let us live to feel safe. Instead, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to bring glory and honor to you. Show us what we do, what we need to do, Lord, to engage in the battle and not grow weary. Give us your wisdom as we struggle to discern who the real enemy is and help us to stay true to you and to your word. Father, these pastors that will not open their churches in the name of Jesus, I pray a conviction would fall on them like they have not experienced since the moment that they became born again. There needs to be a renewal, Father, in our nation. We pray for our country right now. Lord, we don't want to grow weary in doing good. We need a renewed vision to fight for what's at stake. And so, Father, I pray you'd give us your heart so that we'll stay in the battle until the day that you call us home. Lord, we thank you for the privilege that we have of being called the children of God, the sons and daughters of God. Thank you that you fight on our behalf. Thank you that you open our eyes to the battle and that you've opened our eyes to the battle for the hearts and souls of a generation who needs you, starting with our own children. And for their sake, Father, I pray that we would answer your call to engage in the battle. Father, I pray that we would report for duty. Men and women, as you consider right now what's happening in the world around you. As you consider the struggle that we are in, this this incredible struggle, uh, this, this war really of good and evil, this adversarial position that you see us in in the culture right now, I pray for you guys. I'm praying for me. Uh, you know, I'm in uh, California right now and that's the reason that we're here. We're here to, in, to encourage people to get off the sidelines and onto the front lines. I'm going to take just a couple of minutes and answer some questions from you. I know I've been having guests on the show lately for Mailbox Monday, and I hope you guys are enjoying that. I know that I am for sure. Uh, And uh, we want to just encourage you. If you've got a question you want to send to me, we'd love to read them. And you can do that at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read a couple of questions to you, and hopefully this will encourage you. Because honestly, you guys, uh, we've got to be in a position where we know that we know that we know that we're encouraging each other toward righteousness, encouraging each other to run toward the roar and not away from it. And I know that a lot of you are struggling with that right now. And so I'm going to be uh, praying for you. I, I really am. All right. Hi, here comes a couple of questions. You guys send me the best questions. All right. Uh, I love this. This one comes from uh, Jenna. She says, Heidi, I'll try to keep this quick. My husband and I planted a church last fall. 
awesome in Haley, Idaho. Our country is, uh, our county rather, is the bluest in the state. And I know this about you guys uh, because um, I was just in Idaho. <laughs> and every time I'm there, I'm like, wow, you guys, I mean, they're trying, the, the adversary is trying real hard to uh, to get control of your state. So I'm going to be praying for you. And uh, I know that you're struggling. So I'm going to, uh, I'll finish reading her letter. She says, we are teetering into the red with a recent uptick in COVID cases. The city leaders will be meeting this week and will likely pass temporary orders to limit outdoor gatherings to 50 people and indoor gatherings to 10. They will continue to mandate masks. And if you have a medical exemption, you'll be required to wear a face shield. As as church leaders, we stand firm on scripture that we must not cease meeting despite the city's quantity limit, but we are wrestling with this mask nonsense. We've never required them in our church, but may soon be facing a dilemma with tighter restrictions. You guys, this is bananas. It's so bananas. I mean, every medical professional that I have spoken to says masks do not protect you against a virus. It's like this placebo. It's like a control thing. It's amazing. Uh, anyway, she goes. Uh, Jenna goes on to say, I've been searching for biblical grounds to oppose a mask mandate. Several of your podcasts have been awesome at providing constitutional grounds. And I'm 100% with you, but I'm also wanting to find biblical grounds. We're getting people's perspectives from either side of the coin. I've heard Christians say that even though the mask mandate is ridiculous, it's not unbiblical. It doesn't sit right with me, but I've got to go back to scripture. My opinion doesn't mean jack diddly, you're right, without biblical truth behind it. So can you shed some light on this for me? So we get this question all the time, Jenna, and I would say to you, the Bible teaches us that we are supposed to be stewards of truth. When you do your homework and you realize that the statistics don't back it up, you don't need a verse in, you know, 2 Hezekiah 6.14. If the science isn't there, if you know, it's just, it's like pronouns. It's like calling a man a woman. It's like uh, engaging in something that you know is wrong. When you see something is wrong, you have an obligation actually to stand against it. And this idea that somehow Christians can't do that because uh, masks aren't actually, you know, mentioned in the Bible. The mask mandate, you know, might be ridiculous, but it's not unbiblical. It's absolutely unbiblical if you're being asked to participate in a lie. And the reason, Jenna, that it doesn't sit right with you is because in your spirit, you know that it's a lie. And this needs to be uh, the hill that we camp out on. People always say to me, you know, Heidi, why do you care so much about the mask? You're right. You're, you're dying on the wrong hill. I completely disagree with that. The mask is the symbol of the tyranny that we are under. The mask symbolizes the silencing of our voices, the attempted takeover of our nation by dictators, really and despots, really. And it's wickedness. And so when you realize, oh my goodness, this isn't just about a mask mandate. This is about me participating in something I know to be wrong. That's to me all the all the um, permission that I need. And so I'm just going to encourage you, like I have been you know, for a long, long time now, and we'll continue to do it. Uh, we have an opportunity right now to speak life, and I want us to do it. Next question. Uh, Heidi, your ministry is a blessing, and so each time, and so has each time that we've seen you at FPE. Oh, Florida. Hey, Florida. Can you address the issue of churches doing temperature checks? Can you please give your thoughts and resources um, and on constitutional perspectives requiring temperature checks? All right. So, uh, so we talked about this with with Pastor Jack. I hope you guys will go back and read it. Romans 13 calls us to submit to governing authorities who have been put there for the good 
of the people. When you realize that what they're doing is no longer for your good, you don't fall into Romans 13 anymore. This is exactly what happened to the church in Germany when Christians were told, hey, sing louder. Romans 13, this is what the government, the government's doing this right now. You know, I'm sure everything will be just fine. And uh, this idea, you guys, that <laughs> I hardly know how to, how to uh, address these anymore uh, because it's just, it's so ridiculous to me. You guys, people are going to get into your churches with fevers. All you got to do is take a Tylenol and your fever is going to be gone. Right. And I keep hearing these churches saying, you know, mandatory masks, if you want to be allowed in the church building or if you want to uh, if you want to help in the church, we're going to you know, we're going to put a, a temperature gun up to your head and make sure that you get your temperature taken. This is ridiculous. And our churches are literally cowering under the spirit of fear. The science isn't there to back it up. The Rona, as it turns out, is no more deadly than many of the other illnesses and viruses, bacteria that we have had in our nation since the dawn of time. And so even though uh, I keep hearing, you know, people say, hey, we're trying to do this is our due diligence. This is a reasonable standard for those of you who are listening to this and you know it's garbage and we know that it is. You do not have to participate. You don't have to participate. And so to me, these, these, uh, these people, these pushing these mask mandates are just uh, bullies. I'm really sorry. You know, I heard somebody from church leadership the other day say that this was a time for me to put my personal liberties aside for the good of the church. Well, I think personal liberty is good for the church. And in fact, if we lose our personal liberties, there will be no more church. So I don't believe it falls under Romans 13 for the reasons that I have just stated to you. Uh, I don't believe that churches, you know, if churches are are afraid of facing lawsuits from someone claiming they caught COVID at the church, what's it going to be next week? They're going to fall down on the church property, break their leg and and blame the church. They're going to come to the church and say, I caught, you know, I caught uh, uh, tuberculosis. I got tuberculosis when I was at your church. I got the flu. My grandmother died of pneumonia. Can you guys see how we've opened the door to insanity and to madness? This is the adversary who God is not the author of confusion. And so uh, I understand what, what you're saying. The county is saying that they're going to find businesses, even churches. And so because of that, a lot of you are wearing masks to church. But I agree with Pastor Jack Hibbs, who has 10,000 people come to his church every Sunday. Trust the Lord, you guys. We're not supposed to, we're not supposed to be uh, communicating with each other with masks on our faces. And honestly, I don't see them putting an end to this anytime soon. Why? Because we've given them unbridled power. And so the mandatory temperature checks for adults and children doesn't sit well with me, well with me and I'm glad it doesn't sit well with you. And uh, I would just, I would have no trouble at this point. And I, I know some pastors, people who I love, who are implementing this in their churches and I just disagree with them. And so if it's, if it's up to me and my pastor, which he's not, thank goodness, but if my pastor were to say, you can't come to church without a mask on your face, I would find a church. I would find another church. Even if it was temporary, uh, this is this isn't right. And I think a lot of you who are listening to this. You feel it in your spirit. You know it's not right. And I'm really tired of seeing this misapplication of Romans 13. Uh, I'm really tired of it. And we need to start using our brains. You don't you don't check them at the door because you're a Christian. You don't blindly obey things uh, because of Romans 13. That was never the intent. It's like you know people saying render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God's what is God's, and we forget that God owns it all. It's all God's. 
And so we're going to have to be uh, men and women of courage and of conviction. And like, if, if you're, you know, if your pastor says, I'm just terrified of the Rona, I'm just terrified that, you know, you guys are going to get sick and we're going to catch, but if he's afraid just of the government, something is really wrong. And actually even afraid of the Rona, because like I've told you guys before, pneumonia kills people, car accidents kill people. Uh, We have a tremendous fear of suffering and a tremendous fear of death. And wherever it's possible for me not to suffer, of course, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to avoid it. But we have allowed a spirit of fear to come into our churches. It is time for us to discern the moment and speak directly to it. And I'm just going to encourage you guys to do that. Somebody asked me, and I'm out of time for today. Somebody else asked me uh, what Pastor Jack was on uh, earlier in the week, and he was talking about texting a number and you can find out what President Trump's accomplishments are pretty much in real time. That uh, that number is uh, 53445. So you text the word ACTIONS, A-C-T-I-O-N-S, all caps. I don't know if it matters, but just in case it does. Uh, and you will get a list of Donald Trump's accomplishments. So text the word ACTIONS, plural, to 53445. Four four five. I really appreciate. I cannot stress it enough, you guys. Thank you so much for the reviews you leave for the podcast over at iTunes. Thank you for reviewing my books. Uh, earlier in this podcast, you heard me talk about getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. Part of what I said was taken from a book that I released two years ago called uh, "Prayers for the Battlefield." Probably the most one of the most consequential books that I've ever written perfect for right now. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. It's called Prayers for the Battlefield. And uh, it's going to give you a devotion that I do every day. And then uh, and then I'm going to teach you how to pray God's word. You guys, we are engaged in a struggle right now against good and evil. And God wants us not to shrink back from it, but to stand up for what we know is true and to speak the truth. And you don't have to be talking necessarily about passages in the Bible to speak the truth. You can look around and say, oh, no, uh, transgenderism is a lie. There are only two genders. You can say, oh, oh no, we don't need to be afraid of COVID-19. It's been proven now, and Pastor Jack reiterated this on Monday. This is a virus with a 99.89% or something ridiculous like that survival rate. We need to open our churches, stop cowering in our homes, take our masks off and get our lives and our freedom back. And all of this will not stop until ordinary people decide that they're willing to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. Thanks for listening today, you guys. I appreciate it so much. I know this ran a few minutes over. If you've not joined me at MomStrong International, today's a great day to do it. And we would really appreciate your prayers as uh, I will be speaking today and tonight in Downey, California at Calvary Chapel, and then also all day tomorrow. And again, if you want more information on that, you can find that information in the show notes today or at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. We love you guys. Stay faithful. And I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.